This is a CNA podcast. Doors are closing. Welcome back to another episode of Work It. I'm Adrian, and for our listeners tuning in who celebrate Happy Lunar New Year. And this is the year of the rabbit. Hopefully, the geomancers are right and it will usher in some luck, peace, and prosperity. It's a time of renewal, that's for sure, and at the start of the year, companies and their chiefs take stock of what they want to do better. In HR terms, it's a goal setting exercise. For some though, it is done after the end of the financial year at the end of March. Regardless of where your starting point for setting goals is for the new year, the exercise itself is important because it provides a kind of map where everyone can get to a destination successfully. But exactly what does this conversation of goal setting look like? Especially now in 2023 when things have finally got back to normal. More people are back in the office, but hybrid work and the demand for full flexibility is still very strong. And that's what we want to talk about today. Our guest is Fionn Ang, Managing Director for APAC at LinkedIn. She's been with the company for 10 years. We want to get her take on what LinkedIn is seeing from this data, how to have that conversation with your boss about setting goals, and what she thinks is the future of work. Welcome to Work It, Fionn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Perhaps you can give our listeners a quick introduction of yourself and also importantly, you'll be keen to learn about your personal and professional goals for 2023. Great. I've been in LinkedIn for 10 years, like what you just mentioned, Crispina, mm-hmm. and I have three kids. My eldest is 22, second is in the army, and the third one is 15. So your, your job is kind of done. Oh, not quite. Just when you think it's done, it's never done, to be honest. Because, mm. um, you know, at each age, the role of a parent is always evolving and yeah. there's always something that brings new things to you. Sure. Which is quite interesting. We're talking about hybrid work, flexible work. And as a mother, I have to say that flexible work is absolutely important to me. All other working mothers are saying an amen to that. <laughs> exactly. I think fathers feel the same way. Let's, to be fair. Working parents, we shall be equal, right, Adrian? Yes, we shall be equal. And on that contrast, how does it gel in with your personal and professional goals for this year? My personal goal is to make sure that I'm acquiring a new skill every year. So last year, Mm. I was very conscientious in learning how I can communicate better. Because as my role evolved, I realized that the need for me to communicate to different audiences were increasing mm. and I need to make sure that I get better in this area. Right. This year, I tell myself I'm just going to get better in my Mandarin. You know, I used to be really good, oh. but as we enter the professional world, I think the lesser you use it, you tend to lose it. So mm. I'm going to dedicate myself to just set an hour every week to become better in this area. Speaking of personal, I do have personal goals as well. I want to get healthier. I want to exercise more mm-hmm. and eat healthy. In a work setting, right? You've done goal setting exercises. Has that conversation changed, you know, over time? You see, back in the day, I'm not sure about you, but for me anyway, the bosses would give us like one set of goals or KPIs or whatever, and then everybody else would kind of follow. Has that evolved? Mm. Has that changed in your view? 
In LinkedIn, we have what we call the OKRs, which is a quarterly goals that we set. We don't try to set goals that is too easy to achieve in that sense. And yeah. goals could be personal and professional that is added into our OKR. What we want is to drive a level of focus. Mm. And one of that could be, how do we make remote work? as we have more and more employees working remotely, how do we continue to drive that level of engagement? And that is actually one of our OKR as well. And would there be any disengagement between, say, employees' OKR or KPI versus the boss's KPI? It's still quite a common complaint is, oh, my boss say do this, so I do this law, so I put it <laughs> in. No, It can really sound very disengaging and yeah. demoralizing. Mm. Is this still something that you see based on your observation? And what's your general thought on that? Adrian, it's interesting because I think every organization would have their process, but at least for us in LinkedIn, our OKR is something that we encourage our employees to use it to help them to guide how they think about how they are spending their time. I find it personally gratifying, especially every quarter end, and I review what I have done so far. It helps me to think I might have put something, but it didn't turn out to be as important as I thought, perhaps. Oh, okay. Or it could be a time when you put something in and you realise that, I was too aggressive. I have too many goals. Pare it down. I need to pare it down. So there's always something that you learn. Hmm. For example, my last OKR, when I put it in, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of things in there. <laughs> so I tell myself, this quarter, I'm just going to keep it simple. Hmm. I learned so much. I actually encouraged our employees to be conscientious in the afterthought. Setting is important, but you get so much more learning in reviewing what you have achieved uh, and what you have not achieved and what can you learn from it. Yeah, We use it in a way for our employees to learn about their journey rather than using it as a metric to measure. Mm. I think mm. for business, we have different business metrics that we use to measure performance. But when it comes to OKR, it's very personal. I like that. Now that you mentioned it, right, Every quarter to review how you've been doing, what your goals are, is quite important. A lot of us don't do that, right? We kind of set the whole year and then maybe halfway, six months, then everybody's scrambling, hey, come, come, come. What did we do? What did we do? What are we supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Can look at the calendar. The quarterly mark, I think, is so interesting and it's important. Maybe that's the regular check-in that people need, right? Mm. Let's come back to that thing that you said about we don't want to set goals which are too easy. I hear of uh, people who set quite high and impossible KPIs. Mm. They call it like a reach or a stretch goal. And quite often, remuneration or reward is tied in with that. It's almost like a gamble, right? It's good. I like the idea of stretching myself to see if I can reach that. But the downside is people could be demotivated, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Adrian, you were talking about IBM. Oh, yes. IBM intentionally set their sales quota lower than what was realistically expected. This is in hope that when people are meeting their goals, productivity goes through the roof lah, because it inspires both confidence and ambition, which propels performance forward. Interesting concept. I guess different organizations have different yeah. ways that they go about setting goals that they believe is right for their employees. I think... We come from a basis of, in LinkedIn at least, we think about our philosophy first. It's always about what's our culture, what's our value. So mm. if we think about our culture, we aspire to create an environment that we can trust our employees, 
that they can have fun, get things done, feel a sense of belonging, inclusive and and transformational. Mm. Actually, when you look at it, the foundation of trust and care is really important. Something like a core goal. uh, In other words, for instance, it's tied to the question of what does success look like for you or Mm. for your team or for your company? And then you work backwards. Is that what it might be? If you're talking specifically about setting numbers or how we drive our success, we usually have what we call a bottoms up and then we have a tops down and Mm. we look at Mm. what's on the ground, what's real, and we take into consideration what we believe is achievable Mm. and we set realistic goals. What we want to do is to set goals that is realistic. Everyone desires to create economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce. And in order to happen, Mm. that includes our employees doing things sometimes that is not in pursuit of that sales numbers because it could be them taking up additional roles to help someone find a job. The numbers that adds up as the calling Yep. And in your opinion, given the infusion of hybrid work across many different workplaces, has the concept of goal setting changed in any way? Has it become more mm. difficult? Does it require it to be managed in a different manner? How do you look at it from your opinion? I think there's two parts to it. One is hybrid work is a place where people will have to start thinking about what does it mean for the organisations and what does it mean for employees. And that level of clarity is actually really important. I think about the three C's, communication with clarity, and yet connection should never be lost. Mm. You know, a lot of people think about remote work and there's no level of connection. So I think that three C's is actually really important for employees to connect. I think all the more is important because when it's remote work, a lot of employers has been talking about getting their employees back. Yeah. Because I think there's a fear that, oh, if the employees are not coming to office, I don't really know if you're working. Mm. In fact, the Microsoft research shows that there are 85% of companies or leaders out there that is anxious that the employees is not as productive. So that being the case, I think goal setting becomes even more important right. for the employees and the employee to set very clear goals so that you don't have to compromise your flexible work arrangement, at the same time being very clear about what am I expected to do. What are your deliverables? Yeah. On that note, can I negotiate with my boss about hybrid working or my own flexibility? We've talked about this on this podcast a lot. In a team, there are different needs and different requirements, right? So a young mother would probably need a lot more of that flexibility, maybe not come in all the time. Whereas our sound engineer, he'd rather come in every day <laughs> because he, he prefers working in the office environment. So can we have this conversation during this goal-setting exercise and it's important to have this conversation? I think it's important to set very clear what's going to motivate you. Because at the end of the day, I think employers want a motivated sales force. And if you are able to have that level of flexibility, you would treasure your job. You would love coming to work because you know that this job gives you flexibility to have that balance. And you will want to do a good job because this job gives you flexibility, right? So I think that ability to be very open and talk about what's important for you and that your work will not be compromised 
will help to establish that level of trust. At the end of the day, trust is two ways. I think employee and employer just really need to talk about it. So in the instance where, let's say, I'm a young parent and coming in three times a week to office may not be feasible, how do you suggest that I go about approaching my boss with the concept that you mentioned earlier on? Do you recommend putting together a business case? Should I get colleagues involved? Should I show some (laughs) example or do a trial? How do you think we should go about doing so? Different organizations are different. Let's put it this way. There are some employers that really want all their employees to come back. Then no choice, right? You have to come back. I mean, if that's a mandate. But let's say we have organizations that is allowing flexibility, but that flexibility comes with contingency. So it's really understanding what can we do to make this work. Mm. I think employees and employers both have to negotiate on what can you do to make it work. So, for example, in LinkedIn, we have 100% trust and care for our employees on what works for you, you work it out with your managers. Mm. And one of the things that we do is, let's make the workplace exciting. Let's make it fun so that people want to come back to work. Let's make the environment a place where we can learn and do things together. Right. I don't come to the office every day. I come to the office like maybe two times, sometimes three times. Mm. I don't come in on Monday because I feel like traffic on Monday is crazy. So (laughs) I don't come in on Monday. Actually, because everyone thinks so, Monday is the best thing. Hey, I tried the other time. I thought "Mm, maybe everyone (laughs) thinks that Monday is not. So I tried to go, no, it's traffic. (laughs) So everyone keeps out thinking each other. (laughs) (laughs) But when I come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, everyone knows I'm in. just naturally come in and then we end up having really good time together. So the point is like you come into work, there must be a draw, right? Mm. There must be a reason. If I'm coming into work just to sit at the desk and not talk to anybody and have a Zoom meeting with the rest of the people, what's the point of coming into work? Just before we go, you know, can you give us, our listeners, one or two things you feel we should always keep in mind in terms of the future of work? What to look forward to? What you guys are seeing that you feel is the trend that we should think about? When it comes to trends, aside from compensation, which is really important for talent, mm. the number two that comes out is the flexi-work arrangement. There we go, yeah. I personally don't believe that that's going back. I know a lot of organizations are looking at what can we do to get employees to come back. I don't believe that there is a way to pedal back that, you know, the pre-COVID days. Right. I think a new norm has to be established. Mm. The key is how can we make it work? How can Mm. we make flexible arrangement work? And I believe that that's the way that the trend is showing. Right. We're also seeing it in our LinkedIn data that shows Mm. that 4% of the jobs are posted remotely, although it's decreasing in terms of job postings. But we have two times more applications for those jobs that is remote work. So people do want to have flexibility and want to have ability to work remotely as well. So if let's say two people offered me the same type of job, more or less the same compensation, I would pick the one that is more flexible, right? Exactly. Something to keep in mind for sure. I do agree, Fionn. I think that ship has sailed where everybody comes in every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are just taking that into consideration in whatever role and employment that they're seeking in right now. So remote work, I think is a given nowadays with that 
I guess your goal setting should also put that into play as well. Yeah. yeah. And to work out something that also take into account the new work environment that you have to deliver this piece of work. I think about it as a manager really coming from a position of knowing what's best for the people. Mm. And when you care and really trust your people to do the best work, it doesn't matter where work is done. On that very positive note, thank you, Fionn, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Adrian, are you the sort who makes resolutions or comes up with a vision board for what you want to achieve or accomplish in the new year? Definitely, I think it's very important. But I think as with all goal setting, we have all been through the part where we are often disappointed by the goals that we have set. So one of the things that I've learned as I become older is you just want to be contented when you reach 50% of your goal. So for instance, one of the goals I have is by the age of 44, I own a Lamborghini. Well, I've turned 44, that's 50% of my goal. Okay, that's a good one. So it's all about perspective. Okay, I know people often make fun of making resolutions and how we never get to keep them. So what's the point of making them? But I find that there's a lot of value in taking stock of what worked in the past and what didn't and to write down the things that I want to do. Yes, there's a lot of value in setting goals and trying to find a sustainable way to reach them. It's how companies and the people who work in them get better. But very often, this exercise turns into a meaningless one, full of bullet points and pointless generic things. Oh yeah, I've seen a few of those. And to be honest, my reaction sometimes is not to take them seriously because they don't even make sense to me. I'm lost in that whole set of long list of uh, goals. But as Fion pointed out, it's quite important to sit down and work through these goals together with your immediate manager or your boss, whether it's a team or if it's a big company, for it to be communicated clearly and really to focus on some of the core things. On that note, we wish you a very prosperous new year. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review and share it with friends and family. Till next week, I'm Adrian Tan. The team behind each episode comprises Joanne Tan, Jacqueline Tan and Sai. And I'm Crispina, signing off. <laughs>